Hey there, and welcome to Engaged. This is Paco, and I'm here once again with Brian and Reggie. Hey. And uh, one of our ongoing topics has been, and will continue to be, how teachers build uh, professional networks, how we as teachers support one another at all levels, whether it be elementary, middle, high school, or even community college and, and, and four-year university. So today we're going to be focusing on how teachers best utilize their peers to improve their own instruction. I think, Reggie, um, let, let's get started with your, with your number one go-to topic. Okay, so well, uh, you know, I've been involved in a, a couple of different things, uh, including like Teach Me, uh, Teachers with Open Doors, that I think you're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, at community college, uh, I actually uh, got a really informal group together. Uh, we call ourselves the Marigolds, and um, and uh, we were was actually searching for a name, and uh, my colleagues knew about this. Uh, opinion piece that was written by uh, Jennifer Gonzalez called Find Your Marigold, The One Essential Rule for New Teachers. And basically the the piece is about surrounding yourself with good people. And uh, marigold is one of the plants that helps promote growth. You know, you put you plant them next to, you know, other plants and vegetables and to help. Uh, keep those other plants healthy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, the, the idea is that wherever it is that you're teaching, find your marigolds because that will help you grow and you will grow together. So, um, you know, we get together. We've only gone together maybe three or four times. Uh, we started this, I think, last year. And, and we just sit around and we chat. I mean, and there's no agenda. In fact, you know, we, we do that purposely. There's no agenda. Uh, we might come in and say, oh, hey, we want to talk about this. We want to talk about that. And then, you know, we have these amazing conversations that would probably never happen otherwise because, you know, there's no pressure. We're just kind of sometimes we might vent about this or that. And it's just it's just really uh, it's really um, I don't know. It's really inspiring, mm-hmm. Reggie. I'm interested. How did the marigolds find each other? Okay, so we all we all um, teach in the same department. We all teach in the in the communications and the humanities department, and so we all just know each other. One of one of the teachers' uh, offices next door to mine. Um, another one uh, I advise the school newspaper. The other advisor for the literary magazine. We go to conferences together and things like that. So I brought her in. Uh, we had uh, some other people. So so people that, that generally kind of gravitate towards each other. There are, I have two of my colleagues who do these amazing uh, collaborative projects together, and I'm really jealous of them because I have no, uh, well, I haven't had anyone to do collaboration with. It's funny because tomorrow I'm actually having lunch with someone who I'm talking about collaborating with this uh, next spring semester. So, um, but... You know, people who you see that that you know are doing some really cool things and that you want to be involved with, and uh, we just get together and we just kind of chat, and it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really important. Um, I think that sometimes we get really uh, isolated in our classrooms, and and we forget that there are people all around us just doing amazing things. And it doesn't matter if you're in the same department or a different department. Just getting out of your classroom and and being able to observe. Um, other teachers doing what they do, I think can be one of the most inspirational things for any teacher to do. Uh, and, I, and I'm thinking back on my own experience as a, as a beginning teacher, um, making connections with a couple of more experienced teachers and then discussing the challenges that I faced as a new teacher and then them just 
being there and listening and, and offering advice. And then the, the three or four of us, you know, Reggie, you were part of that, saying, why is this a thing? Why, why are beginning teachers left alone so much? And so we kind of started this, this uh, unofficial organization called uh, Teachers with Open Doors, the premise of which is, you know, we often get into our classrooms, we shut the door because we're afraid of being judged, we're afraid of the administrator coming in and, and making those negative comments about us, we're afraid of anybody judging us for what it is that we're doing in our classroom. But instead of that, opening the door, inviting other teachers into your room to see what you're doing and give you feedback because honestly, how do you learn if not by feedback? That's how we expect our students to perform. We expect our students to receive our feedback openly and then make improvements based upon it. So why shouldn't we ourselves be open to that same level of professional feedback from our peers in a non- uh, like it, it doesn't affect our, our, our teacher rating in any sort of way, but it, it affects our, our professional quality without a doubt. And so I think actively pursuing the, the chance to see other teachers do what they do and then and, and, and reciprocating that, having them come to our classrooms to observe what we're doing and then meeting outside of the classroom as a group, as your marigolds do, to just talk and to say, this is what I'm experiencing. These are the challenges that I'm experiencing because I mean, we all teach the same kids, so why shouldn't we talk about those experiences together? Yeah, and the thing is, is that, I mean, it, it, for me, uh, my first year of teaching, and we both had a, a chuckle about this before before this podcast we started recording, but, you know, I would never want to go back there, and I know both of you would never want to go back there. But for the first four to five years of teaching, and the thing is, is that I've always taught uh, something that is different than anyone else. The program is basically me. So... There's no one really who I can collaborate with um, that teaches the same thing that I do. Like in English, you'll have lots of teachers that teach the same thing, math, the same kind of thing, science, possibly the same thing. I've never had anyone else who taught the same kind of thing. So when I got in and I first started teaching, like I stayed in my room and I didn't associate with really anyone. Like I would go to pick up my mail, come back. And it was a miserable experience. Mm -hmm. I would never want to go back to that. And uh, so one of the things that I would really uh, recommend to, you know, new teachers is that, you know, get out of your rooms and find your marigolds is what I was saying. Mm -hmm. I'd piggyback on that. Not only get out of your rooms, but one of the ways I find uh, inspirational is to go to professional conferences and to join uh, some of our state and national associations. Uh, you have a variety of things in my area. We have the National Science Teachers Association and the National Association of Biology Teachers. Both of those have regional meetings and annual national meetings and publications and websites and lots of just great ideas and uh, social media apps in which to seek out information. I, but by attendance, it's one of the ways that I find uh, very rejuvenating and kind of inspirational to see uh, what some people do at similar schools to mine. Uh, maybe schools that are better off, maybe schools that are even more challenging and how they, they have success with their students and how they adapt and new materials they've created. Uh, and it's kind of what keeps has kept me in teaching for so long, quite frankly, uh, is to have access to uh, different places around the country, uh, frankly, sometimes in other places around the world that are doing great, great programs that are very inspirational. It keeps my juices flowing. And I think just to tie back to a prior episode where we were talking about um, getting into like survival mode where we just feel so overwhelmed all the time. Don't forget that there are, you know, 
a ton of other teachers out there going through the same thing, and more importantly, teachers who have done it more than you have. And it's okay to acknowledge that you might not have as much experience and to ask for help. Uh, I mean, honestly, borrowing materials, borrowing uh, procedures, borrowing anything you can, and then over time adapting it to make your own. But it's okay to, it's, it's, I would think it would be silly not to not use those, those, those materials that are there and, and, and ready for you. And I think that most teachers um, would be absolutely open to that process. And I think that as educators, we're all about the process, whether we're dealing with our, our actual students or if we're dealing with less experienced teachers. It's all always, it's, it's, a, it's a learning process. And I think that to, to not use those, those opportunities would be a waste, honestly. Yeah. And TeachMeet, I'm going to put a plug in there for TeachMeet now, now because uh, TeachMeet uh, has been fantastic. Uh, the, you know, we're, we're reviving our, our local TeachMeet um, chapter. And uh, we're going to have a, you know, some meetings starting coming up, but but Teach Me uh, is a fantastic venue. It's basically just an informal um, uh, professional development where we have a meeting of of uh, teachers that get together, share some um, proven practices, and um, uh, and have a beer while doing it. You know, so uh, um, if you are interested in uh, finding out more about Teach Me, uh, we're going to put some some links on the website uh, for that and uh, if you have any questions about it feel free to email us and, and we'll be happy to answer any of your questions because honestly that has been uh, fantastic and we have lots of great testimonials for, um, for for teachers who have come to teach me and they just think that it is amazing because it, it actually is it is really uh, great uh, professional development. And it's a g- great way to uh, give somebody in your department or in your hallway a pat on the back and say, hey, I, I noticed what you were doing there. We, we have this group. Can, can you come share it with the rest of us? Because that's a really good uh, strategy you have. That's a really new approach that you take to it. And uh, teachers don't get enough pats on the back. It's a way to give somebody across the hall uh, some positive recognition. Yeah, and, and, and always uh, walking away from Teach Me, uh, you're always inspired and um, my mentor actually came to uh, one of our teach meets before she retired, and she said that she took uh, one of the strategies and used it the very, very next day. So it's practical, three to seven minutes uh, presentations, and um, so it's really un- it's not intimidating. I mean, you, you can get through seven minutes if you teach. You know, if you, you said there's a beer minutes. in front of me. <laughs> Absolutely. And so. what's the old phrase? Uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, right? So there's nothing. There were nothing that would make me feel better than seeing another teacher doing something that I had done. And there's nothing new under the sun. There's absolutely no reason for you to try and you know come up with these strategies from scratch. I can guarantee you, probably you won't be coming up with anything that someone else hasn't at least done something similar to. So why not come and you know find out what other people are doing? You can take something, tweak it. And make it your own, and it just makes it that much easier for, you know, we're always looking to make things easier, right? Because once you make things easier for yourself, you can you can do more. You can sure. do more because you don't have to worry about, you know, these little things, um, that kind of thing. Yeah. For this episode's Engaged Read, Reggie's bringing to us The Truth About Managing People by Stephen Robbins. Reg, what were some of your takeaways? Okay, so this was a book that I picked up at Office Depot years ago during the summer when I wasn't working, I wasn't teaching during the summer, and I browsed through it, and it really piqued my interest. Um, And I've read it several times, and I even outlined it with notes that I sent to other people. So I I, I find it was very, very useful. 
even though the book is written from a business perspective, I saw a lot of relevance to classroom instruction. Uh, and I feel like the book title could have been rewritten to read uh, The Truth About Managing Students. So here are, are four points uh, that I took away from the book. The first is that it's a manager's job to remove barriers so that employees can be successful. This is no different in the classroom, and these barriers may include not knowing how to complete a complex problem or conjugate verbs or upload files to share with classmates. There, there are a myriad of them that could be in your, in, your, in your class at any given time. And I would imagine getting started would be the greatest barrier to get rid of. Yeah, how to how to get started with anything, and and you know, uh, one year, well, actually for several years, uh, when I was teaching a, a class, I would I would uh, cr- uh, create uh, instruction guides for students just to get them started on specific um, how to create their video project or whatever it is, because many times students weren't taking notes, and every time that they came in, every day after day, they would ask the same question, and. After a while, I was like, well, there needs to be a better way to do this. And the instruction guide seemed to be that way, and it worked out really, really well. Excellent. How about a second point? Yeah, so number two is that productivity leads to satisfaction, not the other way around. So that when workers or students are productive, that leads to satisfaction, uh, which prompts more productivity and more satisfaction. It's the theory of small successes. Uh, Students achieve small victories that give them confidence to continue on to tackle more material for more small victories. Everybody likes that pat on the back in the early going. Absolutely. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, one of the things that I do in my college classes is that um, I give lots of assignments so that, you know, uh, not doing well on one or two or missing, you know, it is not catastrophic. Um, so and I think that the students like that because they, they know that, you know, along the way they can do something this day and then they come in and they're going to do something next day. And there's, n- there's not too much weight on one single thing. Excellent. And point number three? Yeah, re- recognition of those uh, small victories is really important. So, uh, so is recognition of larger victories. So the book says that the most powerful workplace motivator is recognition. And I would say that that's the same thing in the classroom. I think in, for teenagers not even wanting to be uh, called out in front of the class, even if it's for a positive effect, that uh, an individual personalized praise would be good. Absolutely, and, and there's many different ways uh, of doing that, um, especially in this uh, technological age that you can, uh, you can do things on Canvas and you, know, you can do things during office hours and things like that. So I, I think that, that that's really, really important. So the number four thing is trust, and the book says that the essence of leadership is trust, and it's impossible to lead people if they don't trust you. And a classroom teacher is a leader, and trying to get all students from one point to another is, is really what you're trying to do. And in that process, it's important for teachers to be fair and open, to tell the truth, show consistency, and manage expectations. I think consistency is so important there. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you really need to, to uh, think about what it is that you're doing because, you know, the students are looking at you at all times. And uh, I, I can't tell you how many times it is that students would say, well, you know, you can do this for me. I don't, you know, you don't necessarily have to do it for anyone else. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. It doesn't quite work like that. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, one of the ways to really damage that trust is to uh, have someone find out that you, you, you gave special treatment or something like that. So you always got to evaluate what it is that you're doing and how you're, how you're treating your students. Absolutely. So this is the, uh, the Truth About Managing People by Stephen Robbins. It's definitely a recommended read. This, is our, uh, this was our book for today. All right. Thanks, Reg. Yeah, thanks a lot, Brian. 
That's it for today's episode. Don't forget to check out our website at engagedmeaningfullearning.wordpress.com. Email us your questions at engagedmeaningfullearning at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.